0: From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, I'm Tony Bruschi, and welcome to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, along with Jenny Bruschi. Thank you all for joining us. If you are on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever it may be, press that subscribe button. Give us some stars. Give us a little bit of review. That uh, helps our show grow, lets other folks know about us, and uh, we really do appreciate It helps us bring you better shows every single week right here at realghoststoriesonline.com. Today, we got uh, some follow-up email letters about some of the uh, the things that we've discussed on some previous episodes, some callers. You know, the huge here at Real Ghost Stories Online, which is always a good thing, because it's, uh, you know, darn near a full hour of just straight-up ghost talk, which is all we do. I got uh, some uh, letters this past week saying, hey, we love the fact that you pretty much just only talk about ghost stuff and not uh, get into, like... You know, Bigfoot and UFOs and, you know, other kind of, you know, one-offs of the topic.
1: I love that stuff, though.
0: Really? I do. I don't.
1: Oh, I love Bigfoot and UFOs. I get kind of, I'm
0: just kind of like, yeah. that's why it's ghosts. Anything
1: unexplained has always captured my imagination.
0: Well, on this show... It's all ghosts. It is. So I'm sorry. No,
1: that's fine. It's not going to happen. We can have a Bigfoot show another time.
0: <laughs> well, the real Bigfoot stories online, a whole different channel.
1: I bet you there would be stuff. There's a
0: lot of people out there that are into that stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you believe in the Bigfoots? I do. Really? I, I think it's not your traditional Bigfoot, you know, like Harry and the Hendersons Bigfoot, but <laughs> I think there is some kind of animal out there that people are seeing. I mean, too many people have seen something.
0: Kind of like the Loch Ness Monster type thing. Do you believe in that I one?
1: I love Loch a lot in this like, monster. I
0: think that, that there's probably some sort of very rare... It's like an endangered species, essentially, is what I think a lot of these things are. Mm-hmm. And there are... There's things out there. You know, it's just... You get you get kind of... You know, I I think some people... A lot of it's just mistaken dogs, though, too. <laughs> for Bigfoot.
1: Could be. I but, don't know. It's fun to think that there is something out there like that.
0: But anywho, that's what uh, a lot of lawyers are like, Just thanks for ghosts. And keep it on ghosts, so... We're keeping on ghosts. Back to ghosts. It's all about ghosts here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you have a real ghost story to share with us, please give us a call. The phone number is 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. That is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Or you can always just write into us at realghoststoriesonline.com. That is the web address. Let's go to a caller to kick off the show. Phone number again. If you want to call in, 855-853-4802. 4802, toll free, number 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Alright, first caller of the show. Hello, you are on Real Ghost Stories Online.
2: Hi there, Um, I called to tell one of my ghost stories. I actually have a few, it's been a constant thing throughout my life. I'm wanting to remain anonymous because my family, I don't know how they'd react if they ever found out about this. Um, I wanted to tell a story about when I was in early high school, I was living with my dad, it was just the two of us. Uh, We were watching a movie, I don't really remember which one, but there was a knock at the door. And my dad got up and went downstairs, opened the door and saw that there was no one there. At first he shrugged it off, but it happened again, just as he was sitting back down on the couch. And he got up and went back and there was no one there. It happened one more time before he got really fed up and he waited at the door for it to happen again. Each time, whoever was knocking, they knocked three times and this time he opened it up just after the first knock. I was standing at the top of the stairs looking down because I was curious, I wanted to see what was going to happen but when he opened it up, there was no one at all. He shut the door and he waited. Instead of knocking, there was a really loud thump. And he opened the door and again, there was nobody there. We didn't really know what to do, so... We closed the door, came back upstairs. And we sat down for a couple of minutes, not really caring about the movie. And we waited for the, no- for the knocking to start up again. And eventually it did. And it became this constant... Barrage at the door, this knocking and pounding, until my dad eventually just yelled for it to go away, whatever it was. And then everything went silent. So he got up and went to the top of the stairs to take a look. He was going to go downstairs to make sure that everything was okay. But the door flew open and slammed against the wall so hard that it left a dent in the drywall. And I was sitting upstairs on the couch and the coffee table in the middle of the living room flipped over. It flipped right over so that the legs were in the air and our plants were all over the floor. And we didn't know why it happened. We had no idea. It was just, it was the first and last thing that happened to us in that house. But yeah. That's my story. I've been listening to the ghost stories on YouTube for about two hours now. So I just wanted to call and share. Thanks a lot, Tony.
0: Bye. Thanks for the call. I can see a family kind of not wanting to talk about an incident like that.
2: No,
1: no. But I the three knocks, that's not good. Was it three? That's what she said. Each three. time it was three.
0: Yeah, that's not good. That's no. usually not a good thing. And then when it's flipping things around... Uh, Yeah, that's not necessarily a a positive entity right there. And the three-knocking thing is something we've talked about in the show in the past. And and the experts on the the topic tell us that that essentially is something of a demonic nature that's mocking the the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what the three knocks uh, typically are. Um, If you have a ghost that's doing two knocks or one knock, Again, it's a ghost knocking. It's probably not always the best thing in the world, but traditionally, I guess, uh, traditionally, so to speak, for whatever this, (laughs) you know, for what this is. Sure. um, That's usually never uh, a good thing and not a whole lot uh, ever uh, positive ensues after that. It's a shame. And there's so many things that I think probably happen to a lot of families that never actually get talked about, you know,
1: thinking that. If we don't talk about it, it, it'll go away.
0: If we don't talk about it, it'll go away. And just fear of what other people are going to think of the family if someone spreads that, you know? Sure. Like, yeah. did you hear about the Joneses? Well, one of them told me that this happened to them. And they all know it happened, but they're not going to talk about it, you know? So it just stays within that circle.
1: I have a question, though. Yeah. She said that the dad said or yelled for it to go away. Mm-hmm. And then that's when, after he did that, that the door flung open and the coffee table flipped over. Now, assuming that this is more of a demon-type spirit, do they follow the whole, if you yell, go away, that it it might go away, or is that just more your ghost? Not necessarily. I mean,
0: from what I understand of demonology, if you welcome it in or let it in, uh, you, you have to let it in somehow for it to enter your life. You have to call upon it or something. I'm not saying literally physically open the door. That's how you're letting it in. I'm saying you somehow invited this thing into your life Mm. um, knowingly. Okay. Um, That's how some of these things get in or someone else did get it into your world. You know, if I was in the other room, uh, you know, playing with the Ouija board and asking for devils to come into our house. Uh, and it started affecting you as well. You are not the one who let it in, but I did. If, okay. if that's what happened, okay. So it can certainly affect other people in your world if you invite it in. But someone or something let it in,
1: okay.
0: Um, that's that. Um, as far as getting it to go away, it's not as easy as just saying go away. Okay. If that were the case, every haunting would have already been done and you know wrapped up by now. You know, because you could say go away. You know, but there. That's where it will go away, and that's where you have exorcisms, and that's where you have the you know, priests and such that mm-hmm. can go in and rid them out. Because for whatever reason, uh, the average person doesn't have the authority to make them go away. Okay, okay. I think that's how it is.
1: Well, I, th- I guess I was confused. I thought we had talked about it at some point that there was some kind of like... I, and this is going to sound stupid. Unwritten ghost code where if you tell it to leave, it has to. The leave.
0: unwritten ghost code is letting them in. Okay. Not leaving. Okay. We have talked about that. Okay. That's the the letting them in thing. So that's that's how that works. I mean, and that's how what a lot of the Amityville thing is now, or at least that's what the kids are saying is that George is the one, or this is all alleged by the the kids now is that George was practicing something and let these things in and that's what tortured them in the house Um, it still doesn't do a whole lot to explain uh, what happened with uh, the DeFeo murders beforehand Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean in trial uh, Ronnie DeFeo claimed he was possessed so uh, if he was involved in something nobody really knows that um, but then later he retracted that saying he made the whole thing up too. So Okay. So that's just one of the most twisted cases, but that's the latest on the Amityville. Oh. A, ch- a chapter nobody ever thought was ever going to be opened up. <laughs> we thought it was all dead and gone after George and Kathy died and now the the kids who are not they're in their 40s, you know, now, mm-hmm. um you know, are coming out with this whole other chapter on it, which is very interesting, you know, and I I'd love to hear more and more about that. Um, and I believe there's a new book coming out. There is a new Amityville movie coming out, by the way. A third one? Oh, this is beyond third. Oh, really? <laughs> this is way beyond third. Okay,
1: because I just <laughs> knew of like the original and then point, the yeah. Ryan Reynolds now, one. No, well, th-
0: that was the, the remake of of the original. Right. But there has been like uh, Amityville 2, Amityville 3, Amityville 3D, and then a handful of other kind of weird offshoots of it, none of which were ever like really based on the story. Okay. Um, and the new one, again... Also, very, very loosely based on the story, like, so loosely to the fact of uh, there was a house in Amityville that had windows that looked like eyes. Okay. And that's about where the accuracy stops. Wow. <laughs> so. Okay. But I will say the new house, I've seen some pictures of it, does look pretty accurate compared to, I think, the last the last one, that the Ryan Reynolds one not so accurate it
1: didn't look that much like
0: it it was very spookified up mm-hmm. you know it was a spooky movie i thought the new the not the, the one that was eight nine years ago uh, amityville movie i thought for a horror movie very good horror movie very scary but in terms of a true story not at all you okay know, that confession
1: was, i know amityville is like your favorite haunting story uh-huh i've not seen either of the movies all the way through
0: well, we need to change that. <laughs> you should read the book, too. I mean, the book is really more spooky than, than any of them. Um, but um, it, especially the original Amityville Horror, when I watch that, it's almost difficult to get through because some of the effects are so hokey. It was done so long ago. We've been so conditioned to like have really good effects now in movies. Mm-hmm. So when you watch some of those where it's, it's not necessarily all psychological because a lot of that movie is special effects. And it's like, okay, this is just such a bad special effect. This ruins the whole thing. This isn't even very spooky at this point. But The Conjuring, for example, a lot of that one, very psychological. And there's some uh, very uh, creepy actual graphic parts in there that are very good. And when you go back to some of the, even the older, older ones of the age of the original Amityville, like uh, Exorcist. Uh, or not, not, uh, what was the one we were talking about the other day? The little girl, hands on the TV. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. That one a little more secular, isn't it?
1: I think so, yeah. yeah.
0: So you can get away with it. It, it stands more of a test of time, mm-hmm. in my opinion, with the uh, special effects. So, anyhow, if you have a real ghost story, give us a buzz. The phone number to call 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story. With us. This letter comes to us from Sophie. Sophie writes in I've never really had any experiences with the paranormal, but I remember an incident that occurred a few years ago that I still can't explain. I was about 12 at the time and had woken in the middle of the night. I'm not sure of the time, but it was pitch black, so I'm guessing the early hours of the morning. Even at a young age, I was afraid of the dark. My imagination always got the best of me, and I thought I could see things in the corners of my room that weren't actually there. Even during the summer, I always slept under the covers so I could feel safe and protected. I remember this one night I was tucked under my blanket and had rolled over to get comfortable. It was at that moment I opened my eyes and saw a white, almost glowing figure kneeling beside my bed, facing towards the window. I recognized it instantly as my dad and was about to ask why he was in my room when I noticed his expression. His eyes were wide and unblinking, and he sat perfectly still. I pinched myself to see if I was dreaming, but I was wide awake. My heart was beating so loud I felt like I could pass out, but I couldn't look away. I was... It was only when his head turned slightly in my direction. I dove under the blankets and attempted to calm myself down. I found the courage to peek out after a while, but the figure had gone. My door is old and extremely loud when it opens, so there's no way it could have left or whatever it was could have left the room. I'm not sure how I managed to fall asleep after that, but I slept undisturbed for the rest of the night. The following morning, I asked my dad why he had been in my room, but he looked at me with confusion and said that he fell asleep early because he wasn't feeling well. I'm 18 now and have thankfully not experienced that since.
1: Okay, I forgot what the word is, but we've talked about that. When you see the ghost of somebody that's still alive.
0: Astral projection.
1: Yes, that's what it is.
0: ...is the word that uh, apparently can be done, um, which is a really interesting topic in itself, and I'd be interested to, to see uh, if anyone has like a controlled way of doing this. Uh, but that's where essentially you, consciously or unconsciously, are projecting yourself out of your body, and other people can see you, and you're still alive.
1: I don't know. Is that as scary as is that somebody? a ghost? I don't know. Is that as scary as somebody who's dead or not?
0: No, but when, when I hear the thing is when when you hear of a story like that where it's it looks like a loved one that's showing up in your bedroom and they're still alive, uh, that makes me start to think that you know on the demonic level where it's something again taking the form of something comforting and comfortable that you will approach and talk to, essentially opening up that door, and you open up that door by interacting with it. And it was trying to deceive you to get you to open up that door. And we had a letter about that the other night, or a call about that the other night, where someone was talking about that uh, and just how dangerous it can be when those sort of occurrences happen of essentially tricking you to believe what you're seeing is something different. Okay. A lot of the forms that it takes is children, because... People are—they want to help kids for the most part. Most sane, normal people. (laughs) So there's plenty of people who are like, "Go away!" But you know, that's you know, that's you know, kind of what uh, you know the 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 innocent approach, if you will, by by some demons. Okay. So it's interesting too, where she said that she've had the uh, the soundest night's sleep uh, after that. I had one uh, occurrence where uh, we uh, were doing a a ghost uh, interview at a haunted hotel on my morning show uh, about eight years ago. And uh, the the whole thing was to spend the night in this haunted hotel. This was in Michigan, Mm -hmm. um, in Petoskey, Michigan, and was beautiful, big old Victorian type hotel. Um, And we were the only ones there. It was just the end of the season. It was was on Halloween we did this show. And... um, tourist season was done, they're about to shut down, so we were the only ones in this hotel. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. This is not the type of place where, oh, people may check in in the middle of the night because they're just driving down the road. Uh-uh. Nobody's driving down this road. Okay. It's done. So, um, the, the owners let us, you know, we stayed in there in, in the hotel. Owners actually left for the night, and and they just locked up the place. We had our rooms, and they came back in the morning and brought us breakfast and everything.
1: So they didn't even want to the They stay didn't
0: say the night, even. <laughs> and anyway, um, I have never slept so soundly in my entire life. I have never slept that good since that night. Um, I went in my room. I went to bed. And I thought I was going to be awake just out of nerves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a very light sleeper to begin with. Yeah. I will wake up to almost anything. Or if anything's remotely on my mind. Mm-hmm. And staying in a haunted hotel by... you know, My co-host was across the hall. And what they told us is that a lot of times people hear what sounds like a party is going on downstairs in the ballroom um, which was completely empty sure Sure. season's done, picture old vacant ballroom, this is very Shining-esque
1: yes, I was going to say, it sounds like the Shining
0: it was very much like the Shining anyway um, you hear these noises and you almost and you hear people walking up and down the hallway like they're going back to their rooms from the party and I went to bed at about 9.30 or so. I had to get up about 5 to start doing the show. And slept the whole night through. Woke up at about 4.30, 4.45 to get ready for the show. Thought, wow, that was a great night's sleep. I don't even know why. Like, the bed didn't even feel that comfortable. But I just slept the whole night, uh, whole night through. Great night's sleep. Loved it. I'm like, I should stay here more often <laughs> just to sleep like that. Anyway, my co-host uh, the next day woke up. Did you hear all that noise? How did you not hear that stuff? And she's telling me, we're like on the third story. Uh, She's telling me she heard some knockings on her window and she heard people in the hallway. I heard
1: nothing. Wow. That is so
0: odd.
1: I think I would just be so psyched out whether I heard something or not. Just being afraid, being there, knowing that things have been heard. That's
0: what I was thinking. I was just going to stay awake. Sure. Just being psyched out. But, and that kind of scares me by itself, the fact that I slept the whole night through, that if she was hearing these things, I certainly would have heard them. We were literally right across the hall from each other. It almost is, is one of those cases where you have to think that whatever the entity is can control who's hearing it and can also control the other person, another person from not hearing it at all and can keep them out.
1: So you think maybe something was making you sleep?
0: Yeah, I really do, because I do not sleep like that.
1: No, I know you don't sleep like that. Yeah. You get up a couple of times.
0: And I never have slept like that since, and I really hadn't slept like that up to that. I wasn't like on a good streak of sleeping the whole night through. It was that one night.
1: So is that enough evidence to you that something is going on there, the fact that you slept like that?
0: I To me, yeah. There okay. was, I mean, other than that... I had nothing that happened. I had, didn't see anything. I didn't feel anything. Um, but other than sleeping the entire night through, yeah, that was it. Wow. But it was a it was a creepy little, uh, little place.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it.
0: And then two little girls were at the end of the hallway. At this come play of, with us, Tony. It was really weird. <laughs> and then some man took an axe to a door. No, but yeah, that was um, a great hotel. Um, Phone number to call in if you have a real ghost story, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. Chris writes in, we moved into our new two-family home in about 1999 or 2000, way back in the day. We lived there until about 2008. And prior to purchasing the home, my parents, aunt and uncle... We're aware that the previous owner had passed away in the home. We would hear random footsteps going up and down the stairs, which sounded like someone running with heavy boots on in our attic. And every evening between 5 p.m. and 6:30 p.m., we would get a knock on our door. When I would open the door, no one would be there. We lived in the upstairs. Parts of the two-family home, our relatives that lived downstairs, were not home until late at night, so when these noises would happen, it would usually be myself and my sister home alone, or my father would be with us. The real creepy thing that we all experienced was on a summer afternoon. My aunt had moved in with us into a spare bedroom, so she had been living with us for a month or so. Her, my mother, father, being religious people, just didn't feel comfortable in the home. That summer afternoon, maybe in mid-July or so, I was walking into the kitchen, and the kitchen led to a smaller hallway, and to the left is the bathroom, and to the right is a closet, maybe four to five feet apart. And my aunt proceeded to walk into the bathroom, someone or something threw her backwards. She was a good foot or two off the ground and slammed into the closet door. After that incident occurred, a few years later, my mother disclosed to me that she would have dreams of an older woman saying that she's going to kill her and our family. Also, my younger sister had an imaginary friend named Andy, and the thought of it just terrified my mother. It may possibly be related to the fact that my mother had these dreams about an entity or ghost threatening our family. It came to a point where we all had enough and moved out of the home in 2008. Thank you for reading my letter, Chris.
1: You and I have bought one house together, and do you remember what I asked the realtor? Is it haunted? No. I said, has anybody died here?
0: Oh. Well.
1: (laughs) Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, I do. And don't they legally have to tell you if someone has died in a house? If
1: you ask, they do.
0: But that doesn't have to go on the MLS? They don't have to
1: come out and say, oh, by the way, it's a nice four-bedroom home, plus one person has died in it. Yeah. They told us no, didn't they? Yeah, they told us no. And our house isn't terribly old. I mean, the people that built it still lived here. All of them.
0: Sure. That is a good question to ask your realtors. What about hauntings? Can you ask a realtor about a haunting?
1: You can probably ask. I don't know if they can say anything or or if they know
0: anything or not. Yeah,
1: or they may pretend to not know anything. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I, uh, when I rented an apartment once, (laughs) here's a good morbid story, um, I, this is right when I first moved to Wichita. It was one of those wonderful little welcoming nuggets that I got that made me go, what the hell did I just move into?
1: Yeah, where did I move to? Uh,
0: so I move into uh, this apartment complex, fairly new apartment complex, mm-hmm. okay? Thinking, what could possibly be bad about this? It's probably, I don't know, three, four years old.
1: Yeah, it was really new. Yeah,
0: really clean um, you know, at the most, there'd probably been like one or two people in my apartment that I was going into, um, if that. So anyway, I get I get to town and I get ready to uh, to to go find my apartment because I'd actually I booked this thing online. I was coming in from across the country, and uh, I talked to the lady at the front uh, office when I was signing all the papers. And I went, Hey, you know, is there? Anything, you know, uh, you can tell me about the neighborhood. You know, it looks like a nice place. I wouldn't assume there's much crime or anything around here, but, you know, I like to go walking sometimes at night. Is there any danger or risk? I'm, I've already signed the lease. I'm going to live here. I just want to know. Just, you know, just let me know. Sure. Oh, no, no. We have no problems here. There's never been any, uh, you know, police activity of any significance. Uh, it's just a very nice, you know, calm Uh, And drug-free community, she also... We strictly enforce the drug thing, she said. Like, that's fine, I don't really do drugs, so... That's... (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, I'm thinking, okay, super. So... I, uh... On my way up to my apartment, I can smell my neighbors across the hall smoking pot, and I can just smell that wafting through the... (laughs) And I don't care. To each their own, that doesn't bother me. But I just thought, the irony of that part, but that's not the, the crux of this story... I got to get a washer and dryer over at the Best Buy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay? So I'm, I'm at Best Buy, and I'm thinking, okay, uh, I'll get these two. Uh, they asked me where they're sending them to for delivery. Oh, you live there? That's always the reaction you want to get from the folks at Best Buy. Exactly. <laughs> you, live, you live there? Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, I do. Uh, what would you care to uh, expand upon that, uh, that inflection on your thought? Oh, well, did you hear about the, the head? The head? <laughs> <laughs> it's always another good way to go into the conversation. Did you hear about the head? <laughs> um, no, I didn't hear about the head. I've been to Wichita all of, oh, five hours. I've heard some of your other great stories like BTK and the Carr Brothers. Those were fine tales. Tell me about the head. And uh, the head, uh, apparently a woman was cleaning... Uh, one of the apartments uh, and she was decapitated by her ex-lover. I can only assume probably ex at the, I don't know, but decapitated. They never found the head.
1: No. Not my
0: unit, not the apartment I was in, but...
1: I always wondered, I'm I'm assuming... That they dredged the lake. They did dredge the lake. Okay. They
0: drained the lake.
1: Okay, because there's
0: a nice little little walking pond lake, and I loved that walking pond lake. When I was, I, I walked around it a lot. It was mm-hmm. really nice. I enjoyed it. Um, but I guess they did drain the lake too, looking for the head. Right. And they never found the head.
1: I guess the only thing I can say is that it wasn't a random crime. That she was very much targeted.
0: Yeah. I mean that. I, I wrote it off I really wasn't scared for my life or anything walking around there
1: oh but that's just creepy see I'd be afraid everywhere I'd turn I'd see this I'd, I'd find the head
0: I was hoping I would find the head to solve the mystery
1: that's awesome
0: but uh, you know like in a planter or something or you know you go to the Cola machine or you know. the
1: unsolved mysteries party you wants to find the head oh there's the
0: head look <laughs> at that it's right next to the snickers over there
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to Duda, yeah. land of odd things.
0: So, yeah, that was, and I don't know if i never heard any haunting stories, but there you go. That's my head story. Wow. <laughs> the phone number to call if you have a real ghost story, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. It's toll-free number. You can call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and leave your real ghost story. you get about uh, 10 minutes or so on there to, uh, to just rattle away your ghost story. We would love to have you do that while you're not doing the dishes. I just want to reiterate that. Please don't do the dishes while you call the show.
1: I almost hope she calls back to say she wasn't doing anything. She was just sitting on the couch and that was some kind of interference. That woman's going to
0: call back and say F you is what she's going to do for what I said to her at the end of that call (laughs) because I just had no patience by the end of that thing. It was like, stop whatever you're doing. So, yes, calling without other things going on in the background is very helpful for, for our ghost stories. We'll make all the sound effects here. Don't worry. Uh, Brianna writes in. This event takes place a few years ago when I still lived with my parents. I suppose for the story to make sense, I should probably go back a bit further. Before I was born, my parents adopted a female puppy. They named her Lady. Can we cue the song, Lady? Lady. No. But which version would you prefer? The Lionel Richie version or the Kenny Rogers, if I were to play it?
1: Hands down, Kenny Rogers. Really? Yes.
0: I think there's a duet version. of Kenny it too, and Dolly where forever. The, where you get the best of both worlds? Okay. Kenny and Lionel together? Let's go on. Okay. Lady. No. Was a Not white American that. Eskimo spitz dog. <laughs> What does that dog look like, an American Eskimo Spitz? It
1: looks like a larger Pomeranian, but it's solid white. Okay. So it's kind of about a medium-sized dog.
0: She was the runt of the litter. Stop it. Uh, she, She was an amazing dog with the best temperament. Always stayed close to my mother's side. She would sleep upstairs in my parents' room on a small dog bed next to my mom. Lady passed away around my 13th birthday. She was 14... Wonderful. She had 14 wonderful years with my family, and we miss her dearly. My mom wanted another companion, so a good year or so later, we started looking for another American Eskimo puppy. We met Charlie at PetSmart. He was rescued from an abusive family, and although he was very shy and timid, he connected with my mom. We filled out the paperwork and brought him home. He was 11 11 months old and still very much a puppy. He loved to get into trouble, so we kept him in a wire kennel overnight and while we were away during the day. Now, with all that being said, I can get to the ghost sighting. It was midday, sometime in the summer. My brother and I were playing video games in the living room. From where we were, we had a very clear view of the stairs leading up to my parents' room where my mom was on her computer. All of a sudden, we hear my mom yelling at Charlie... To Go downstairs, Thinking nothing of it, we continued to play. My mom came to the top of the stairs asking if Charlie had come back down. We hadn't seen anything, so we figured he was still up there. Mom looked around and couldn't find him, so she asked again if Charlie was with us. Maybe he ran to his kennel because he knew he was in trouble. I looked over and there he was lying down in his kennel with the door shut and locked. We had put him there hours before because he was bothering us while we played. He had been there the whole time. We told our mom where he was and how it was impossible for him to have been upstairs, but she swears up and down to this day that there was a white dog that walked into her room, looked at her, and ran out. I can recall many other mundane occurrences. We just ignored blaming another family member or forgetfulness, but I suppose those are stories for another time.
1: Lady. Lady came Lady back. Lady
0: came back from the dead. Please quit
1: singing. You don't realize how loud that is in my headphones.
0: Because she loves you. Stop it.
1: No, I think that was the ghost of Lady. Maybe Lady didn't like Charlie coming into the picture.
0: I like the idea of ghost pets. Ghost pets. <laughs> okay. I do. I really like the idea of ghost pets. I wish we could keep go. you know.
1: What about the hamster we had to euthanize? Oh, God. <laughs>
0: You know, sometimes I hear scratching.
1: No, you don't. I, I don't want to hear that. I hear this little... You know. No. God, that poor hamster.
0: Everybody's going to hate us for this story. Don't now.
1: tell the story. <laughs> don't tell the <laughs> you story. You already told... We no. have
0: to clarify the story now. There
1: was a... Okay, our hamster got into rat poison when he ate through the wire mesh on the top of his cage, and he got out. And we honestly didn't know the rat poison was there until we found the hamster and he was throwing it up.
0: Now, we are not just carelessly putting rat poison around our house. It was actually something that the builders apparently put behind a wall. This is like, you have your furnace and then that little kind of unfinished area, and literally within the wall was a thing of rat poison, which none of us knew was there.
1: No, and and having a baby in the house at the time, we would not have had that in our house.
0: So... Anyhow, uh, the, the hamster chewed through the mesh wire on top of the cage. We were very, I think, as controlled as we could be for having a hamster uh, or a, a, it was a hamster. Right? It was yeah. a hamster. And had the cover shot, you know, the thing chewed through the wire cover.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, got out and then searching for him, searching for him. I find him uh, huddle up with a mouthful of stuff. And I didn't know what it was. Then he just kind of spits it all out. And I see what it is. And I, I'm like, that that's, looks like rat poison. Yeah, and it's I'm bright like, blue, where, little pellets. Where is this rat poison coming from? Found the rat poison uh, after searching within walls. And uh, they ingest that stuff. If you do any research on it, it's a several-day, very painful death.
1: So we we just... We helped him along. We put him out of his misery because we didn't want to see him literally just rot from the inside out.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was like, okay, he's going to sit here and probably bleed to death because that's essentially what it does. It gives your body a little body a deficiency and it bleeds himself. It's horrible. It's just horrible. So, um, yes. So we just essentially euthanized him right there rather than watch him die for five days. So. Uh, If anyone wants to write in with a hate letter to that, go ahead. But I think we did the right thing. Um, I would rather just kind of take him out that way rather than let him bleed to death. And
1: and there was no hope for him. We knew that. Even if we'd taken him to the vet, there was nothing they were going to be able to do for
0: him. But now he haunts our downstairs. No, he
1: doesn't. (laughs) We have not had any hamster
0: hauntings. That would be awesome.
1: Could you imagine how freaked Ah. out our girls would be? Sniffy's back. Yeah, Sniffy.
0: Sniffy,
1: (laughs) we've not replaced Sniffy. That was actually Sniffy number two. Yeah, because the The first one just (laughs) the first one just died, (laughs) just up and died. And the first one was really sweet, and he wouldn't bite. But the second, he just died died.
0: in his cage one day after like two weeks. Gone. So there you go, animal death. Uh, Next letter comes to us from Tamara. Tamara writes, and I love nature and I love camping in remote, quiet areas. Two years ago, I vacationed in Wyoming. Our campground was not an official campground. It was about 20 miles north of Highway 90, southwest of Devil's Tower by a little ways. So we'd been driving all day and we were really tired and trying to find the perfect place. My husband pulled over. I was excited at the location. sky was crystal clear and you could see every star in the sky. As soon as I stepped out of the car, I felt strange. It was something between anxiety and dizziness. It was the strangest sensation, but I thought maybe I was just fatigued from long drive. My husband, not seeming to be sharing my symptoms, grabbed the tent and set it up quickly. I started a fire and grabbed some food so we could go to bed with full tummies. While I cooked, I kept seeing things out of the corner of my eye. It didn't look like a person or animals, for that matter, but it would be movement that I would catch. I kept looking back at my husband as he was working away, not noticing anything. I kept cooking and kept seeing things. After dinner, we added some brush and materials to the fire, and it grew large and strong. With that much light, I could see more of what was around me, and I thought for sure I wouldn't see any more movement. But I was wrong. I not only saw more movement, but now I was hearing things, too. I heard chatter. I asked my husband if he heard the voices, but he said he didn't. Again, I figured I was tired and a little freaked out from what I saw earlier. We made sure the fire was strong and went into the tent to go to sleep. As the fire roared next to the tent and the truck blocked the back of our tent, I felt pretty safe. Since the anxiety had lifted and my blood sugar was up, I felt comfortable and fell asleep. I dreamt of a horse that night, tall, strong, and a painted Mustang of some sort. He was running across the landscape with a feather in his mane, but no rider, no saddle, and no bridle. In the dream, he ran up to me and stopped when I was about a foot away. I reached out to touch him, and he reared up and kicked his front legs. I backed up, but he kept marching forward. He brought his front legs down and then began to run. He headed right for me. I spun around and ran. I ran as fast as I could, but I could hear his hooves getting closer and closer. Just before he caught me, I woke up in a start. My heart was racing. I was sweating and I was completely on high alert. I thought I was hearing my pulse pounding in my ears, but my heart steadied. The pounding in my ears didn't. Then I realized it sounded less like pounding, more like the horse I was just dreaming of. The sound was surrounding the tent, mainly the back of the tent where our truck was parked. I realized it was the sound of multiple horses. I looked towards the light of the fire and saw a shadow dance across the fire. I grabbed my glasses and looked again at the fire. This time, I saw a couple shadows move in front of the fire. These figures were only about eight feet in front of me. They were on the other side of the tent door. They were male with long hair. They seemed to have some small primitive type weapons, but they were moving around so fast it was hard to tell. I reached out and tricked my husband away. He saw them, too, and grabbed his rifle, ready to take down some looters. Just as his hand raised to the zipper to open the door, the sound of drums, big drums, exploded around us. My husband is a Marine. He has been to Iraq a few times and been to Afghanistan a few more. He is steady and strong, but that sound knocked him over and sent him scurrying to his sleeping bag. These drums were so loud, and now shadows were moving in a lot. I could see full-bodied figures jumping around and dancing by the fire. There were at least 50 bodies dancing around the tent, just barely backlit by the fire. Though, Though Through the drums, I heard the snorting, breathing horses behind us and the crunching of hardened plants and dirt every time one of them stomped the ground. We huddled together, tight inside the tent as the fire suddenly went out. Then we heard a loud rumbling getting closer and closer. Then the horses we had heard earlier began to whine and neigh. Then their hooves pounded in the earth, and it was evident that the rumbling was the sound of new horses entering the area from all directions. The sound was deafening. Just when I thought the drums and the hooves couldn't be louder, And our tent was going to be torn down. The screaming started. I heard these men, hundreds of them, scream in a language I couldn't understand. This went on for over an hour. Then slowly, the sound faded and the fire came back. Then all was quiet. As the sun came up and the fire had dulled to a low crackle, we hadn't said a word and we hadn't slept a wink. We cautiously exited the tent not a hoof print could be seen, no arrows, no drums, no fire, no tire tracks, no evidence of anything we had been through the night before. We quickly packed our stuff and got the heck out of there as fast as we could. We were on the road before the sun was completely in the sky.
1: Devil's Tower has long been known as a very sacred site to Native Americans. And just the proximity to that makes me wonder if there isn't something going on with that.
0: Yeah, I, my first was, thought was I was wondering if were these actual real people that were showing up and doing something? But the fact that the ground had no markings on it and, I mean, fairly random to have a hundred guys show up using primitive tools and all these horses around a campfire with no planning that these people are going to be showing up that sounds more like something ghostly happened around no
1: that's what i'm saying yeah. i'm yeah. thinking it's maybe something to do with i mean honestly maybe they stumbled upon an unmarked burial site
0: sure well which a lot of the indian burial sites are unmarked sure. so yeah i could i could see that there's a lot of um haunting reports um in wisconsin because uh, there's a lot of burial sites there um, completely unmarked uh, into the wooded areas, and sometimes when you're out hiking in the woods, which I did a lot as a kid, um, out in the countryside, um, there it's, it's burial mounds, is what they're called, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are in the shape of animals. Now, over the years, I mean, these mounds have been eroded a bit by by dirt and by rain and storms and just weathering. So, the shapes of a lot of the animals are kind of eroded down, and it's hard to figure out exactly what it is, but there'd be times where i'd be out in the woods just kind of randomly somewhere with friends and out of nowhere where you'd have just you know plain maybe a little you know opening in the trees maybe a little valley-esque area also in the middle of the valley there's this weird mound out of nowhere and it didn't look like it was just part of the landscape that had naturally been placed there mm-hmm. and a lot of times you had to assume it was a burial uh mound. um now, I never saw anything or heard anything, but there's a lot of that out there where people see things around these places. Sure. So Yeah, so that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially, you know, in an area like that where uh, probably some not-so-great things happened to those Indians, you know, years ago um, when the white man came in and uh, kind of tried to take over, or did take over, and, you know, killed a lot of people. And there's a lot, you know, it, it's, it's like Gettysburg, you know, Sure, you know, yeah. Wargrounds is essentially what it is, and it's not necessarily, you know, a, probably not a great place to camp.
1: Well, it, Devil's Tower is just a creepy place anyway. Have you been there? I have. I've okay. been there in Wyoming. And, you know, we didn't get up right by it, but it's big enough. I mean, it is a mountain. You can see it from quite a distance. Mm-hmm. and. Honestly, my mind just goes to *Close Encounters of the Third Kind* every time I see it, you know. And Richard Dreyfus making a, a devil's tower out of mashed potatoes in his living room.
0: Is that the *The Close Encounters* mountain? It is. Oh, the okay. very tall. It looks like yeah, a, yeah, I know a tree stump. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. No, it, it's it's just odd. It's very odd. Sure.
0: Huh. Well, thanks for the story. That was a good one. That was a good one. Phone number to call in if you have a real ghost story. We'd love to hear it 855-853-4802 855-853-4802 Let's go to another real ghost story letter. This one comes in to us from Daniel. Daniel writes in When I was around 17 years old, I woke up in the middle of the night and felt that someone was watching me. i had grown up in the house that I was living in. My parents still live there, and i had never had any experiences in the house, so I did not believe it was haunted in any way. As I tried to get back to sleep, I could not shake the feeling of being watched. I looked toward my bedroom door, which was cracked open enough to let some light in. There by the door and directly beside where the light switch was located, I could make out a dark figure standing there. I closed my eyes but still couldn't shake the feeling. I opened my eyes and again, I could see someone standing near the door. I stared at it. The more I stared at it, the more I could see it. It was black and as some people have reported about shadow people and the like, it was blacker than black. I finally got out of bed and decided that if something was there, I was going to confront it. I slowly moved towards the figure. I had to move towards it to reach the light switch. As I got close enough to feel the light switch on the wall, I continued to look directly at this figure. I was literally face to face with this thing and started to make out details in the face. I could see the outline of the eyes, the nose and the mouth. And by this time my heart was racing and I finally flipped the light on. Of course there was nothing there. It scared me to say the least and I had a very hard time falling asleep after that. As a side note, some time before this encounter, I had another, and I don't know if they are related in any way. I was traveling home one night, and it was late around 11 p.m. I was, it was raining. I was approaching a train trestle that I had to drive under. To the right, just before you go under, there's a dirt road that leads to an old Boy Scout house and an old graveyard. I slowed down because of the water that had collected under the trestle and I looked towards the driveway. There, standing beside the mailbox, was a little man. By little, not much taller than the mailbox. He had a pointed black goatee and was smoking a cigarette. Seems like something on The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) (laughs) And he was holding a lollipop in his left hand. No. No. I continue. (laughs) I saw him plainly and he had the most sinister look on his face. To pause for a second... It's like the demonic troll thing in the other episode from a couple uh, weeks ago. It spooked me, and I punched the gas. I live less than a quarter mile from that trestle, so I knew I didn't have to go far. Some months later, some friends and I were hanging out. It was late, and we decided to talk about spirits and odd happenings. I told my story. When I finished, I noticed that one of my friends had a very shocked look on his face. When I asked him what was wrong, he said he had seen the same man. My circumstances were the same as well. It was late, around 11 p.m. or so, and it was raining. It was very, very spooky, and I could tell he was serious about not pulling my leg. My encounter with the figure in my room came sometime after seeing the little man. I don't know, the time passed in between, but it could have been more than a year. I don't know if the two are related or not. Now, I have been down that dirt road before, to the old Boy Scout house, which was abandoned and has a history of its own of weirdness. And of that graveyard, that visit was way before any of my encounters. I have always found the encounters scary yet fascinating. I have not had any strange encounters after that that I can remember. Yeah, thanks for your uh, for your letter there, Dan. I really do appreciate that. Um,
1: you know, when I was a little girl, my dad my dad would tell me things sometimes. You know, just just. I don't even know why we talked about this, but I remember one of the things he told me, and I know he was joking, but he told me that trolls lived under bridges. Sure. So that's what I was thinking the whole time we were talking about that, that railroad yeah. bridge and, and the little troll man. Sure. Maybe trolls do live under bridges.
0: Or <laughs> maybe, and here, here's a logical explanation for it, but extreme, but somewhat logical. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, kind of, uh, goth midget escort service.
1: No. <laughs>
0: and midget's not even the right word. Little people. Right? Yeah, Is that what we have to say? Little person. Little person. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. It's 11 o'clock at night. There's people that are into some of that weird stuff. Standing out there in the rain, smoking a cigarette. His yes, friends saw him, too. It could have been a human being. It's not far-fetched to say that there could have been a little person with a goatee smoking a cigarette out in the rain and two people saw him.
1: I know. I know. I'm just... I don't know. That's where my mind went. It
0: sounds... But it is weird. I will completely give you that. But but this one didn't, like, disappear or anything. They just saw him in the rain.
1: In the middle of nowhere... True. What's he doing in the rain? I don't know. In the middle of nowhere.
0: No. Yeah, that's
2: true.
0: I'm just trying to come up with a possible logical explanation. I'm not dismissing. I'm not saying that this didn't happen or that this is not a ghost. I just like to, just like with the, when sometimes I bring up carbon monoxide.
1: Right. I don't know. I was just wondering if there was any other folklore to the whole trolls living under bridges thing. If any. Oh, that's a
0: complete yeah folklore. And that that goes that's it's Nordic.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. that explains a lot. There you go.
0: Yeah. After you eat your lutefisk and lefse, you go hang out with the trolls. I'm Norwegian. I know you are. Yeah. No, yeah. Trolls are, uh, yeah, there's a lot of folklore with, with okay. trolls. Yeah. And it's under bridges. And There's good trolls and I believe bad trolls. Um, I don't know all of the story. We should go to Little Norway sometime, which is near uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And it's all these Nordic houses and a lot of troll stuff going on. We went there on like a field trip when we were, as a kid, and it was one of the most boring field trips of my life, but uh, <laughs> but they were like talking about trolls and all this, and it's like, okay, this is, I don't know, never, I've never been into trolls. He
1: sounds like a bad troll.
0: Yeah, I would say the guy uh, with the uh, the Satan beard and the cigarette, probably not the best.
1: Ba- <laughs> He's a bad-influenced troll.
0: Bad-influenced troll, right there. Phone number to call, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. It's a toll-free number, a toll-free call. You have nothing to lose. Just give us a buzz, tell us your ghost story, and then violently hang up the phone. That's uh, it's always kind of fun when you get that. Boom! <laughs> okay, thank Thank you. My gosh! Yeah, that would be great. Uh, let's go to another... Calls. comes or another letter right this comes just from Monica. Monica writes in Hi Tony hearing the haunted nursery episode, I decided to share my own experience with you. It sounds too far-fetched, but I swear it happened just as I described it. It happened in 2003. My first son was a few months old. We were living in my partner's house in Mexico while my partner was in the US. One night, I remember waking up in the middle of the night to a cold chill down my spine. The room was extremely cold, and I felt scared of turning around in bed. When I finally did, I saw my partner standing in front of me. He was just a few inches away from my face and started screaming at me, cursing, and insulting me. I was frozen in fear and disbelief. I remember hearing him clearly, smelling his breath because he was so close. He then stopped, turned around, and started walking toward my son's crib, but disappeared halfway between a small drawer and the wall. I stand in my bed, not knowing what to do, holding my covers tight, looking for any logic to what just happened. Then I started praying whatever prayer could come into my mind until I finally calmed down and got back to sleep, only to wake up to the same scene a few moments later. I was too afraid to even do anything. I remember I started crying on fear, Needed to check out on my son, check on my son, but I was too scared to step out of bed. Then I turned on my light and looked for a prayer my mom gave me once. I remember she told me it was used by Catholic priests on exorcisms. I wasn't able to find it, so I just stood there awake until the sun came up. But with the light on, I was able to see my son sleeping tight on his crib. The only person I ever told this experience to is my mom. She was really astonished by it. She only asked me if I was sure I was awake, and she suggested to bless the house with holy water for protection. I never told my partner about this experience, but when he came back from, uh, from the U.S., I was always angry. He was always angry at everything and everyone. There has been a number of events in my life that I feel escalated up to this, like hearing noises, voices, seeing things out of the corner of my eye, people seeing my sister with me in the car or a window. But I'm an only child, but I never experienced something so vivid myself that made me question if that even happened for real, and hopefully will never happen again. So the partner wasn't there in the house. No. He was away. She saw a vision of him, essentially, Mm -hmm. or an apparition of him screaming at her and scaring the living crap out of her. Right. But the baby didn't wake up.
1: No. So, again, that is like a couple of stories. You know, the one where the the dad was in the, the girl's room and he wasn't really there, but then also... You talking about how you didn't hear anything in the haunted hotel, but your co-host heard mm-hmm. things. So, obviously, this entity was making the the woman right that wrote us hear what was going on, but not the baby.
0: Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like astral projection, especially if they have a good relationship. No. But she didn't really specify much of the relationship if he does scream at her in any way, shape, or form. But it, I'm guessing probably not, because I think that would have been brought up. hmm but it sounds it just sounds something like demonic again where it's it's almost taking the form of someone you would feel comfortable with because mm-hmm. she turned around saw him there, shocked by it, approached it, and then it opened up the door right so yeah, that's creepy
1: that is very creepy
0: huh I think the scariest thing of all of that is the fact that. It seems that these entities can control... Others... Awareness of them. hmm You know, whether that be... In my case, where I just slept through the entire... Noise experience... Uh, or the baby didn't hear or see any of this... And she did. You know, it's just... Yeah.
1: I wonder if in your case... And this is really far-fetched, but... If whatever's haunting that hotel thought of you as a threat so they thought I'm just gonna make him sleep good so he's not
0: gonna do anything how do they how do the ghosts make you sleep good that's what I'm wondering what do they do
1: I don't know I, I, uh. we had the story about the shadow person that that laid on the woman and took pain away so I think they can do stuff
0: it's a like ghost Ambien they gave me
1: ghost Ambien yes
0: yeah you get that with ghost in a jar
1: <laughs> <laughs> ghost in a jar
0: that's the added added value if you call right now there you go. That wraps up another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Please uh, share the show with a friend. Tell somebody about it. Helps us grow the show. Give us some stars on iTunes. We really appreciate that. Press subscribe if you've not done so already. We've got more great episodes coming to you very, very soon, so you don't want to miss any of them. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.